Purdy sets up and fires left. And it's caught by Kohler inside the five. Dives for the power. And I think he's in. He is. Charlie Kohler. Touchdown, Iowa State. Hutchinson pulling even to Tracy Anderson. On first down, handoff. Brees Hall comes it back to the right. 30, 25, 20, 10. Brees Well, I guess we can just get started talking, and then we'll see who's joining us. Yeah, that so, sounds good. Yeah. So I guess I'll just start with you. What? I guess, should we go with three takeaways from the game? Just you and I again? Yeah, I'll just say um, I thought the defense is just phenomenal. I mean, I don't I don't remember the last time we've had a secondary this good. Yeah, for sure. I think, honestly, the most surprising part was that front three, though. I mean, just the pressure they got. It's not big names, but that pressure they got was really insane. So. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody in the Big Twelve will block Dom Dom Orange. I don't. I don't think anybody will be able to block him. Yeah, he was he was ridiculous. But and then those exotic blitz, kind of exotic, I guess. But those safety blitz packages were also nice, and those outside linebackers, those were really cool. Because I mean, we, yeah, we didn't take doesn't send much pressure normally. So yeah, we didn't. And when you have a secondary that good, you can. You can blitz a lot more because you got more trust in those guys to be able to guard in one-on-one type situations. But we never saw hardly any corner blitzes last year, and we saw quite a few in the opening game. I just thought that was really nice to see early on. Yeah, for sure. I guess the one thing is, though, I mean, do you think they were hiding the playbook or on offense? How do we get that moving? I, I think on off- I think the line's still not where it needs to be. Um, it, I mean, you average five yards a rush, but. It didn't feel like that when you're watching it when you're watching it live. But I, I thought Abu Sama, he's gonna be a stud someday. And you know, I still really like Cartavius Norton. He finally looks healthy and both of those guys are gonna you know, it's gonna be a Brees Hall type situation. Whoever whoever comes out on top or who has a breakout game is gonna be the starter. Yeah, for sure. It's just yeah, back to your point, those twenty five yard runs kinda up that average when we're really just getting two yards a run, it seemed like most of the game, so And then I, I, my, my last uh, takeaway was uh, how good the special teams was, other than the muffed muffed uh, PAT there. I, I just thought, you know, uh, Chase Contreras, he's going to be the next Andrew Mevis for us. You know, only going to be here one year, but 56-yarder, they set that up perfectly, trying to get the offsides to get it five extra yards, and didn't happen. And then 56-yarder with plenty of leg on it could have been good from 60. Yeah, it was a great kick. I do want to go back. I don't know if you got a chance to rewatch it, but I want to go back and look at what happened on that extra point. I mean, live, you just couldn't really see what all went wrong. It kind of looked like, um, uh, I think Drake Knobloch, I think he is the, I think he is the long snapper. It looked like it was a little high for Perkins to catch, a little high and outside, and Perkins couldn't get it down quick enough. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take a look at that but for sure. And another big thing I thought was just those touchbacks. I think it was all but one of the kicks was a touchback or something. So. Yeah, and I mean, even when we saw Jace Gilbert go in there and do a kickoff, he kicked it right through the end zone too. So it's really nice to see two kickers be able to go in there if they're needed to and both kick it through the end zone, which which really will save field position for Iowa State. But when you have that defense, it's just, you know, they buckle down quick. So Yeah, I guess something to note too is that we had a – 
uh, Miles Purchase's uh, return get called back too, which would have been also another special teams, I guess, benefit. But yeah, and I and I thought the punt punt return and punt team were really good yesterday. A uh, seven yard punt for um, seven yard punt for Perkins. Yeah, that's just fifty three point six yards per punt, which is really good. Down two inside the twenty. Really nice job out of him yesterday. And down that seven yarder on the one or two yard line. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things too is that when he kicked this, it was the second one was close to sixty yards. It was Darian Porter got down there with an immediate tackle, which is crazy. Outrunning a set, well, running sixty yards for coverage, that was wild. So, yeah, Darian, Darian's uh, coach Campbell's talked about Darian being a huge special teams guy, and you know, I, I, one of the things I thought was really interesting is you see these guys earning scholarships before before camp and during fall camp. All those guys start on special teams, and they're finally making their way to play on defense or offense, and those guys are good. They're not just walk-ons to be there. They're, those guys are good. The Ben Nichols of the world, you know, Caleb Bacon had two sacks yesterday, the highest-rated defensive player for pro football focus. He was really good yesterday. Um, ben Nichols, never heard it. If you're a Cyclone fan, you don't know his story. It's from NAIA to Iowa State. It's just a cool story. And, you know, if those guys are playing good, I, it's it's scary to see how good this defense is going to be the rest of the year. Yeah, for sure. And another note is, I mean, we had a lot of drives where we weren't playing a lot of the starters. I know TJ Tampa only got 18 snaps, um, which is actually crazy. I don't think he was injured at all, but I think they were just resting him. And then Darian Porter only got eight snaps. He's their cornerback three. So, But I know they're going to do a lot of subbing, but how much do you think that was substitutions and how much do you think was kind of just like resting our guys for next week or this week? Yeah, and you know, when when your offense is still trying to get its footing, you know, when you lose a lot of those guys to the whole investigate gambling investigation, you, you got to put new guys in there. And, you know, I thought the offensive line took a little bit to go and a little bit to get going, but the defense was on the field a lot yesterday. So getting people in and out of there, and it was really hot on the field yesterday, almost 120 degrees on the field. You know, you know, saw lots of cramping yesterday. I think Haycock just wanted to get as many people as he could in the game because you got tons of depth on the defensive. You got defensive line. You got depth there. You've got tons of depth in the secondary. You know, linebacker maybe not as much, but you know, overall, I just thought you know, getting to see those young guys in there, the guys you've heard about in fall camp, was just really good to see. Yeah, I kind of touched on that linebacker thing. I mean, the outside linebackers not in much depth, but I saw Lovett played almost as many snaps as uh, Jack. Correct for the middle linebacker spot. I I think so. Um. You know, I saw um, Lovett played a lot on special teams, kickoff, punt, return. Yeah. And punt, he he had a couple tackles on punt and kickoff. But, you know, when you have a true freshman like Sadowski beat out a guy that started at Missouri last year, that, you know, a lot of people are comparing him to Mike Rose when he was a freshman. And that's pretty high praise for a guy that played high school ball at this time last year. Yeah, for sure. I guess another note, kind of might lead us into next week, but, I mean, we just didn't get our receivers, I mean, in much rhythm. Higgins only had, was it one target and one catch? So that kind of is something we got to look at for next week and figure out how to get them involved. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was, that was one thing, too, is, you know, not a lot of – didn't really spread the ball out, but – you know, when you look at the tight ends, you had eight catches yesterday. Eight catches yesterday for the tight ends. You had uh, two touchdowns by two tight ends: Ben Bramer, Tyler Moore, um, Ethan Dean, three catches, twenty-one yards. Um, you know, Gabe Burkle got a catch there late in the fourth quarter. 
I mean, you know, you know th- this group is going to have to be really good for us to win games this year, you know, especially when they're when we're playing when there's like seven in the box. You know, we're going to have to get hat on a hat. And and I really like Ben Bramer. I think he's going to be a stud someday. He's really long, six seven, two hundred forty pounds. Um, he he outran that DB on that touchdown that he had. And that guy's what five nine, five ten, one eighty five. That's you know, that's a that's a six foot seven dude out running a, a little corner, which is really impressive. And um, you know, I just really like what they had there. And you know, you 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 had you had Rocco yesterday, missed a couple deep balls down the field. Um, you know, he only missed three passes and he had 113 yards, but he's gonna make those, I think, you know. Just it's his first game out there, but overall, I thought it was a really solid day. And uh, early on in the game, I thought you know the wide receivers blocked really well. Noel had a holding call early on on the first drive, but I, I think you you give the offense a, a C plus grade, even though we scored thirty points. I don't I think they can be a lot better, but overall, I thought it was just an okay showing from the offense. Yeah, for sure, I'd agree with that. And I think I honestly just think it's for next week. One of the keys is trying to figure out how to get that run game going. Um, they've seen that success bounce it outside, but between the tackles, it was just really bad to be honest. So I we'll to figure that out. But I assume they'll have something up their sleeve. Um, so we'll have to figure that out. But uh, do you think JJ Cole will have anything? Uh, any different packages? They'll use him at all this year, or, or I mean, or next even next week? Or you think they'll just be running with Rocco the whole game against Iowa? Yeah, I, th- I think you, you saw the tryout in person on Saturday. Um, you can just tell J.J. the game's too fast for him. When he was out, he, he's four for five for three yards passing, and he had two three rushes, 22 yards. The game's just too fast for him. And you can really tell Rocco, you know, with with a year under his belt, he played in a couple games last year. He, he is ready to play. He is ready to play right now. And, you know, I don't want to throw J.J. out there and have a competition going into the middle of October when we're in the middle of the Big 12 race and trying to win six games. Uh, I think you stick with Becht. And if he doesn't turn the ball over and he's getting you two touchdown passes on ten attempt, on 13 attempts, that's that's all you really need out of him because you want to run the ball. you you got to be able to run the ball next week or it's going to be very difficult to win against the Hawkeyes. Yeah, for sure. Um, just kind of looking at the Hawkeyes uh... – Box score, not box score, but some highlights on the box score against Utah State. They really could not move the ball much at all after that for those first two possessions. They really struggled. Um, so it feels like, I don't know, I feel like when Utah State settled in, um, they really they really had the Hawkeyes number. They outscored them in the last, um, in the second half. So I'm thinking of the Cyclones to keep it close, at least for those first, that first quarter, you have a really good shot down the stretch. Yeah, and it looks like Iowa still can't run the ball. I mean, they had 36 carries yesterday and only 88 yards, 2.4 yards per carry. That's that's really bad against a, a mediocre Utah State team. And you know, if Iowa wants to be a Big Ten West contender this year, they gotta have to run the ball. And you know, look from looking at the stats, I didn't get to watch the game yet, but only 88 yards on 36 carries is not very good. And and that's the thing. If Iowa needs to be, if they're going to be good, they have to have the offensive line has to be good. And that's the same for Iowa State. You know. The Iowa and Iowa State are pretty much exactly the same this year. They, you know, they're both going to need to run the ball to be good. And I think whoever scores 17 points and rushes for 120 plus yards is going to win the game next week. Yeah, I totally agree. On Iowa State side, do you think you see any Arlen Harris or Eli Sanders, or do you think they're going to run with their two backs that they use the most uh, on Saturday? 
I think you just got to stick with Cartavius and Abu Sama. And I think they'll, you'll see Eli Sanders in there maybe on third down. Maybe he might be a better blocker. Or Arlen Harris, you know, the, the guy that's been playing at Stanford last year was or was there. And, you know, I, I don't think Abu Sama's maybe ready for third and long, you know, being a, a blocking running back there in the backfield. And I don't think Cartavius is either. But you, may, you might see Eli or – or Arlen Harrison there on third and long to be a, a like a, an outlet for JJ to throw to if nothing's open downfield or maybe one of those is a better blocker but you know I think you'll see Cartavius and Abu Sama for the rest of the year mainly. Yeah, I'd agree. I really liked how they used Abu Sama in that screenplay. I'm not sure that was the first half or second half, but they really seemed to do a good job getting him outside. But I guess. Yeah, we'll just see what um, – obviously Iowa now knows that he's in. He's probably going to be running outside, so we'll have to see what adjustments we can make on the offensive side. Yeah, and when you look at Iowa, I, I heard yesterday they, their D-line was really soft yesterday. You know, they gave up 116 yards rushing. They, don't, they usually don't do that, 24 attempts, 116 yards rushing for Utah State, almost five yards a carry, which is really good for against an Iowa defense. Um, you know, if Iowa State can average 3.9 or 4, four yards per carry, I think the Cyclones will – they should that, – that'll be a good number for them to get in the win column next year, next week. And and, and it sounds like uh, the defense is still really good, but, you know, it, it took a step back from where it was last year. Only one interception. Um, Xavier Wampa, one interception, no return. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a great game. I, I think both defenses. You know, it's going to be a defensive battle. And then, you know, you got Tory Taylor, the guy who can who can change a game in an instant, even though he's the punter. So, it, you know, I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a great game. It's going to be really low scoring. You know, I we we talk about the over under open at thirty five and a half. I'd I, I if I was if I was a betting man, I'd I'd probably go under really in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean. It's especially with a faster game now, no st- clock stoppages after the um, first downs. I mean, the game's going by faster, and these teams just struggle to score at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I mean, looking at Utah State's leading score, they had a guy run seven times for 59 yards. So, I mean, they obviously gave up some, some big plays in the running game. So, hopefully Iowa State can have some of that success this week. I mean, yeah, I, I just want to look at, you know, the Hawks, you know, the the whole talk this off season was, you know, Cade McManera McManera is coming. He's he's a starting quarterback. You get um, Seth Anderson, the Michigan transfer. You get Caleb Brown, the Ohio State transfer. And you know, I'm looking at the box store box score, and Cade Cade Brown for the Ohio State transfer didn't even get record a catch yesterday. Seth Anderson two catches, 41 yards and a touchdown, and that was in the, that was in the first three plays of the game. And after that, he was non-existent. But from what it looked like yesterday and the little bit I saw of Iowa is, you know, Cade, Cade McNamara is just – he's just not healthy. He's hes playing at about 70, 60 percent. And, you know, with Iowa State's defensive line really pressuring Theo Day yesterday, I, I think it's going to be a long day for McNamara if he can't move in the pocket because the one of the things I thought, saw yesterday is the closing speed of Iowa State is just totally different than what it was a year ago. And six sacks yesterday for the Cyclones and – if the offensive line for Iowa can't can't run the ball, they're going to have to sit back there and throw it thirty times like they did yesterday, and I, I think that will play right into Iowa State's hands. Yeah, I totally agree. And if you look at that game, um, Utah State—I mean, they—they they, 
that first touchdown they gave up, that was completely blown coverage. That was the first drive of the season type of mistake they made. And so, I mean, that team really struggled. Um, like you said, McNamara just wasn't comfortable in the pocket the whole game. So, yeah, we'll have to see if we can stop the run. I think we have a really good shot on Saturday. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Um, and I think Iowa State, you know, you see the, the most improvement from week one to week two. And I, I think you'll see Abu Sama a lot with Cartavius Norton. And it might be who's, you know, it might be a situation where Iowa State goes, who's having a better game and let's roll with Cartavius if he's having a great game or an Abu Sama who's having a great game. Um, but, you know, I feel comfortable with both of those guys, maybe a little bit more of Cartavius because he's got a year under his belt and, but Abu Sama, you know, looking at him yesterday, he looks like a, like a freak athlete out there. You know, he, he's super fast. He can stiff arm guys. He's out running out running corners to the side to the to the sideline. And you know, I really like what we have there at running back. And you know, I feel confident with Eli Sanders too. He apparently he's one of the faster guys on the whole team this year. And you know, I don't really know a lot about Arlen Harris. Uh, they say he's just a, a leader. You know, he's only a sophomore, but they say he's a he's a leader in that group, even though he hasn't really played that much. But I feel comfortable with Cartavius and Abu Sama next week against the Hawks. And one thing you can't do is you can't turn the ball over against the Hawks because it seems like every time we play the Hawks, you know, there's always a bad turnover late in the game, or you know, you throw a pick six, or you fumble, you get a punt blocked. You can't do any so can't do anything like that. Uh, beat yourselves. Yeah, I totally agree. I think just making sure, you know, you don't give them any free opportunities for sure. Um, and then obviously field position, we talked about the punting game. I think that's going to be huge. I mean, I think if Tyler Perkins doesn't, we don't have any punts blocked like last year, I think we'll, um, I think it'll be really interesting to see who controls the uh, field position battle. Yeah, and, and Tyler did a great job yesterday. That that 70-yard punt was one of the better ones I've ever seen. And, you know, he had a couple where he couldn't quite get the ball to land on the five-yard line and stop right there. He kicked it into the end zone. But, you know, one thing I noticed with Tyler yesterday is his delivery to kick is still still takes a little bit of time. And you and I didn't even try to block anything yesterday, which will be totally different next week when Iowa comes to town. They'll try to block everything. Um, I think it's going to have to be a little bit quicker. Um, but overall, I thought that the coverage on punt was really good, you know, maybe a couple yards on punt return or on punt coverage. And I was really – I think Jordan Langs is a really good coach. You know, getting Chase Contreras is going to really help in Big 12 play with his experience. And he's got a heck of a leg too with 56 yards with, with room to spare. You know, I think Tyler Perkins was really good last year when he didn't get a punt blocked. Um, but overall, I think uh, – and it's going to come down to who who can who can put the other team farther away or pin them inside the 20. And – you know, we all know Tory Taylor. His we know his stature. He's you know the Heisman Heisman punter, and you know he had three inside the twenty yesterday, a forty-eight yard average, um, and he's really good. He's really good. Um, there's not a lot of punters like him out there, and he he's got that rugby style kick that he does. And Tyler Perkins is a little bit more of a I'm going to boot it as far as I can, where as Tory Taylor is, I'm going to pin you at the one yard line every time. So it's two different kind of punters, but. I, I think if you're Iowa State, you're going to have to play the field position battle and hopefully you make Iowa drive 90 yards to score a touchdown on your terrific defense. Yeah, I'm super surprised, kind of back on that kicking, um, that Chase Contreras lost that Nebraska job. I mean, Nebraska just hasn't had, I guess, elite kickers. And so I'm just looking at, do you know who, who beat him out this last year? 
2022? I, I don't know the name. I think – well, he uh, he originally started his college career at Iowa Western over in Council Bluffs. Oh, yeah. Went over to Omaha – or went over to Lincoln, was there for a couple of years. I I think he, he kicked one or two, maybe three times, um, just never really saw the field and then wanted to come home. He's from Missouri Valley, Iowa. Over there, over there towards Council Bluffs. So I think he just wanted to come home uh, for the senior year. And boy, am I glad he did because that was one of the highlights I saw all, all day yesterday. Was that 56-yard field goal? It was just perfect. You know, look, it was dead straight down the middle of the field. Didn't have to aim it anywhere. And I, I think it would have been good for him 61, 62. So, and if if he can make those consistently, that's going to be huge for the Cyclones this season. Yeah, definitely had some. It definitely had some extra leg. Definitely probably could have been good from 60. I'm looking online. This is, it looks like Timmy Bleakroad beat him out last year. He was 9 of 12 on field goals and 34 35 on extra points. So nothing crazy, but it will be interesting to see if he can stay consistent throughout the year. But I was really surprised not to see Jace Gilbert on that, um, on the depth chart. But speaking of the depth chart, do you think Dimitri Stanley's going to see the field at all in this next week? Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I saw on there was him and Aiden Bitter were the or for that position. Um, and you know, you know, we we know what both of those guys are like. Aiden had one uh, one of the better catches all season last year in the Cyhawk game along the sideline. Um, you know, he's a senior. He he's been here for a while. He was on that 2020 team that won the Fiesta Bowl. He was part of that receiver room and Xavier Hutchinson and all those guys. Um, but you know, Dimitri Stanley. You know, you you didn't you saw a little bit of flash last year for him. You know, he's had some trouble catching the ball in general when it's you know it's a little bit out of his out of the zone where Hutchinson would just go up and grab it. He kind of if it's not right to him, it wasn't really he wasn't really going to catch it. Um, and when I look at Dimitri, I think of a downfield type receiver, not a crossing route like Tom Manning liked to run last year or an out route type receiver. I see, you know down the seam, I like the post over the middle of the field or deep slant routes down the middle of the field, not really like the short dink and dunk like Iowa State's going to try and do this year. So I, I would say you'll see Dimitri more in that downfield passing, maybe like before halftime or third and long, you know, for, fourth quarter when you're down, you need to get a touchdown or get in field goal range. I think that's when you're going to see Dimitri Stanley, but I think you think of Aiden Bitter as old reliable. He's going to catch anything that's thrown to him. Um, he's a good route runner, not very tall, um, but I think he's just a sure-handed receiver that will be really nice for uh, Rocco Beck to have this season. Totally agree, and you kind of touched on it, but how often do you think they're going to try to throw the ball this week downfield? I know they had a couple shots at Jalen Noel that were that just fell a little short, but I mean, I feel like there might be some opportunities if you load them to sleep with the run. I mean, I feel like we have some guys like Dimitri and Jalen that can just burn them down the field. Yeah, I like to see him go with Jaden Higgins too. I, I think he's I think he's the best receiver we have on the team this year, even though he only had one catch yesterday. Um, and I think you're going to have to throw it down the field next week, but you're going to have to be a strategic when you do it. You know, maybe you wait till Iowa has seven in the box, seven to eight people in the box, and then you take a one-on-one shot with either Cooper. I don't know if you want to throw out Cooper to Gene with how good he is, but you you might want to take a one-on-one shot with him, but. I think you're going to have to take a shot next week. And, you know, they were strategic when they did. And I really like that play they had with Ben Bramer down the down the sideline for the touchdown that he had. Started in the uh, H, H position. You know, I was going to – it was like a play-action pass, going to run, 
ran a little little seam down the sideline for an easy touchdown. I, I like I like that. I like Easton Dean a lot next week over the middle and just playing there waiting for the first down. Um, I think uh, Tyler Moore, he's really good at those out routes. You saw that yesterday with a touchdown. He had one earlier on that drive. I, I think if you're going to win next week, you're going to have to throw it to the tight ends a lot. And I think you're going to have to, uh, you know, get some yards after catch. You know, not very good. Not Didn't get a lot of yards after catch yesterday. Um, but that's, I think that's I think that's the recipe for Iowa State. You're going to have to get 120-plus rushing yards. And you're going to have to throw for probably 150 yards next week. And, and you keep coming back to it, but you can't turn the ball over. That's the one thing you can't do. You can't turn the ball over. And if Rocco's going to go 10 for 13, 113 yards and two touchdowns with no turnovers, I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think they're going to have to play it just like they played it this week. But it's going to be interesting because Iowa obviously has Cooper DeGene, like you said. They have Wampa playing this year. A great talent, but he's a ball hawk, so he's going to take some chances. And, I mean, that might be our downfield opportunity. If he takes a chance, then we can throw it over his head. But we'll have to see just a fast guy. He's a straight athlete. But it'll be really interesting to see against that top, uh, I guess the top end speed they have in that secondary in Cooper DeGene and Wampa. Yeah, and, and those guys are relatively young too. Other than DeGene, I'm and Quinn Schulte, he's a safety with with Wampa, but you you look at the roster and their defense is relatively young in the backfield. Uh, Wampa saw a little bit of action last last year in the bowl game. He had a pick six. Uh, he he is as advertised. He is a five star safety. He's really good. Uh, I think Cooper DeGene is one of the best players in the Big Ten. Um, and I really like um, I like Quinn Schulte. You know, we saw him last year in the Cyhawk game. Uh, you know, pretty pretty tall for the safety position. He can run, um, but I really like those two. And you know, I think the linebackers for Iowa. Um, you know, Jay Higgins, sixteen total tackles yesterday. That's that's a lot of tackles for game one. Um, but I, I think the, the the weak weak spot for Iowa is that D line. Um, you lose Noah Shannon to the gambling incident. He would have been a day one starter for you. Um, you have Aaron Graves in there. Um, Deshaun Lee, he was he six tackles yesterday. Um, if 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 you can run the ball like you did last year, which cool, looking back at that now, it's just totally crazy how how well Iowa State was able to run the ball on their defense last year. If you can do just half of what you did last year, I think the Cyclones will be in great shape to be in the win column after that after the week two game. Totally agree. I think we have some people that might give their opinions in Iowa, but what would you be kind of your three biggest keys for Iowa State and kind of your prediction to end it off? Um, you know, first, you just – offensive line has to be better next week. Got to be able to run the ball. Um, Cortavius, Abusama, who, no matter who it is, if it's Rocco on some quarterback sneaks or maybe you bring in Tanner Hughes next week on some – second and third or third and short fourth and one or goal line like to see him in there maybe so you can give Rocco not a chance to get injured um and then my second one is you got to be elite on special teams you know last year getting punts blocked um you can't you, can't, you cannot have that happen and, and that goes the same with turnovers too cannot turn the ball over if you turn the ball over they're gonna you know Iowa is notorious for pick sixes or fumbles for touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. You cannot turn the ball over next week. And then my last one is the defense is 
it's not really a take, but the defense has got to be as strong as it was this week. You know, Northern Iowa had 80 or 44, I can't remember if it was 60 yards at halftime. And that's really outrageous. Even though it's an FCS school, that's still really impressive. Um, the defense, no, just some cramps last week, got to get hydrated. Um, it's not going to be as hot as it was last week, but if the defensive line can get pressure on, on McNamara, it's, it might be a long day for the Hawks. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm going to have to say just staying care of the ball and just getting pressure because, I mean, as good as our secondary is, if we have no pressure, they're going to find people open. And especially with the hurt McNamara, I think we just got to get pressure on him, collapse that pocket, and make make him make decisions. And then finally, I think we just got to run the ball, especially with our our passing offense not as probably developed as we want um, coming into the season. I think we got to run the ball. Yep. Run the ball, throw to your tight ends. Tight ends are going to be huge next week. Tyler Moore, uh, Ben Bramer, um, Gabe Burkle, Tyler Moore, Easton Dean. Those guys are all going to have to have at least two catches apiece. Maybe Ben Bramer has four or five. Easton Dean has four or five. But, you know, I can see a lot of, you know, tight end, a lot of tight end action next week. And maybe you see Jaden Higgins and Jalen Knoll, you know, down downfield shots, one-on-one type situations maybe not over the middle towards but I, I think if you're going to win next week you, you got to get the ball in your tight ends hands and then you got to be able to run the ball I, I can't stress enough how if Iowa State wants to win next week they're going to have to run the ball yeah I completely agree looks like we have another per speaker going to give his insights on the game I'm guessing it's Denny Alba it's got to be a burner account but if you we'll see if he unmutes and speaks here Hey, yeah, so I think uh, the three key ways Iowa State wins next week, I mean, yeah, got a got a block, and I think that kind of helps with uh, getting passing game. Don't let Iowa just expect the run kind of like how it seemed you and I did in the second half. You can't let the run just be apparent and they put seven, eight guys in the box and just you don't get any rushing yards. You got to – more than just five yards down the field. Uh, second, yeah, defense and special teams, I think, have to be amazing, especially punt block with Perkins. I think he had two last year blocked against Iowa. Luckily, only one got taken back for a touchdown. And then third, I think one of the most important, don't let the crowd get out of it. I, you let the crowd get out of it, it becomes more of a neutral site than home game for Iowa State. Got to let the crowd stay in it. The students got to stay in it. And, yeah, I think if they don't let the crowd get out of it, they loud the entire game. And, then yeah, defense and special teams just need to play their A game. And I think that leads to an Iowa State win. Yeah, I completely agree. I think – yeah, spreading out their defense, making sure they don't stack the box. That's exactly what we got to do as long as run the ball up the middle to start it off. Anything else, Jackson, or anyone else you want to add? You bring up a good point with uh, you know the crowd. It's it's going to be a, a terrific crowd already sold out next week. And you want to keep the crowd in. I thought you know it, it was you and I, and it was 23 to nothing at halftime. You know, after the second half, it was really dead. But I think that's key. You know, this team's really young. And they're, you know, they're really excited group of guys. And 
the more you have that crowd involved in the game is the more excited they're going to get, you know, you, you got to be ready to play from the get go and it'll be a terrific atmosphere. One of the best ones we'll probably ever have this season. Um, but, but that's a great point, Denny. You got to keep the crowd involved. You can't, can't let it get out of hand. Like it was the last time the Hawks came, um, you, know, you get down, you, you fumble on the, three yard line and they pick it up and run it three more yards for a touchdown. Can't, can't do that. You got to keep the crowd involved. And I really agree with that. Keep the crowd involved. Yeah. So if no one else has anything to say, that probably wraps it up. I know me and Jackson are going to get to work on an article, kind of just type up what we talked about. This will also be available as a recording. So um, I'll probably give it a minute or so. If anyone else has anything to add and then we'll probably wrap it up. All right, sounds good, guys. Have a good Sunday, and we'll talk to you guys later. See you guys.